0: Dear listeners, this is Terry, the host of Respectable Sins. We have been discussing the book Respectable Sins, Confronting the Sins We Tolerate by Jerry Bridges. We have been examining what sins we tolerate in our lives and how to deal with them. Do you ever get angry? What recent event made you angry? Are you still angry? Nowadays when we watch the news, we often see incidents where people get angry and get out of control resulting in road rage or even violence. Some may cut in front of another driver, or a neighbor may make too much noise late into the night. And people get angry and feel justified to be angry. Being angry and even becoming uncontrollably angry seems more prevalent than ever before. So, what is anger? The author Jerry defines anger as a strong feeling of displeasure or a resentful mind. He explains that this anger can lead to sinful words and action causing harm and pain to the other people. When we get angry, we often say things like that person made me angry, that situation made me angry. However, Jerry firmly states that it's not someone else or something external that causes our anger. Although someone's word or action can trigger our anger, the true causes lie deep within ourselves, often rooted in our pride selfishness, or desire to control others. In other words, it's not the other person but the sin within us that makes us angry. We might get angry because someone treated us disrespectfully or gossiped about us. Is there something else behind mistreatment or gossip that is causing the anger? We become angry because our reputation or character might become tarnished. In other words, the real cause of anger is rooted in our pride. Furthermore, we get angry when things don't go our way. This happens to a child or a grown-up alike. If things don't happen as we desire, we get angry. This happens in marriages, families, and larger communities. People with strong personalities who insist on projecting their opinions may try to control a given situation, but they get angry when someone opposes them. In all these examples, selfishness operates as a root cause. In short, it's the selfish desire to do things our way that leads to anger. Looking at it this way, it becomes evident that the source of anger lies within our hearts, not in external factors. However, many people try to deflect the responsibility for their anger and they attribute it to others. They blame someone else. They might say that person's word or action made me angry. They are likely to hit back with hurtful words or some form of criticism. Some may hold grudges or even harbor ill intentions while suppressing their anger within. Such reactions only perpetuate the anger. That anger is a sin and it may pose a spiritual danger. Anger can easily escalate into progressively worsening negative emotions. If we don't address anger right away, it can grow into hatred, leading to resentment and even thoughts of revenge. As anger simmers and gets entrenched a person's mind, it can lead to hatred and eventually to a dangerous state of bitterness. Hatred deepens, festers, and can develop into a dark state of mind known as animosity. For instance, in the Bible, we see Esau harboring anger against Jacob. He eventually plotted to kill him. A brother meditating murder of his own brother is one consequence of anger. Herodias, too, bore a grudge against John the Baptist for condemning her for her sinful deeds. She succumbed to her anger and sought to have him executed. We know she eventually succeeded. These examples show how anger, through the growing hatred and hurt pride, can lead to a terrifying consequence. As mentioned earlier, we might get shocked at hearing about incidents like road rage or neighbors resorting to violence due to noise issues. We might think to ourselves, could people really kill over such trivial matters? However, anger certainly can, and as such, it is a terrifying sin. So what can we do about anger? The Bible advises us not to let the sun go down while we are still angry. Then how can we handle anger in a way that glorifies God? We can do that by acknowledging and recognizing the sinful nature of anger within ourselves we must admit that anger exists within us. Without acknowledging the presence of anger, we cannot address it. Take a pause when you feel angry and ask yourself why. Instead of reacting immediately, wait for a minute and with your mouth shut, think things through. Ask yourself, is my anger stemming from my pride, selfishness, or some other hidden motive within me? Reflect on the real reasons behind your anger. Once you recognize your anger, you can repent the sin of anger. Then you could change your attitude toward the person who triggered your anger. Let go of the angry expressions and through prayer, stop harboring hostility and speaking out harsh words. Jerry suggests three ways to manage anger. First, always rely on God's sovereignty. If a situation arises that make you angry, remember that whatever led to your anger happened under the sovereign plan of God. Even the events that triggered your anger have been purposely under God's reign. They are meant to make us become more like Jesus. Joseph's brother's anger against him turned into animosity, and they planned to kill him. Yet, they couldn't kill him and ended up selling him to a neighboring country. After going through this journey, Joseph confessed in Genesis 45.8 that it was not his brothers who sent him there, but God. Having firm faith in God's sovereignty is the first defense when anger arises. Second, Jerry suggests praying for the ability to grow in love. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. 1 Peter 4:8. When someone belittles or behaves inappropriately, remember that love can help overlook these actions. Love can cover many wrongs. Conflicts can easily arise when we receive hurtful words particularly when those words come from someone close to us. However, whether we react with anger or not is a choice we make. Even though we may have been deeply hurt, we can choose not to get angry at the person who caused the pain. When we love that person deeply, we find ourselves less prone to anger. Last, to manage anger, learn to forgive others as God has forgiven you. Did you know that forgiveness requires practice? A helpful Bible passage for practicing forgiveness is the parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. The message of the parable is clear. Compared to the debt we owe to God, the moral debt from the wrongdoings of others is trivial. Of course, this doesn't mean that the pain and hurt we feel from others' actions are insignificant. Nevertheless, in spite of the pain we experience, we could hurt others as well. Even more profoundly, we've caused deep pain and hurt to our loving God. Yet God gave His Son for us and forgave our sins. When anger rises within us and when resentment grows, we should pray, Lord, I am a servant who has been forgiven by you. I want to forgive the other person's mistake. Of course, praying like this may not erase our anger because the power of sin is strong. Nevertheless, we should pray because when we start praying like this, we are moving in the right direction in our battle against our anger. Let us strive not to fall into the sin of anger. This concludes our discussion from Respectable Sins. Lord, I want to be more like You. I want to be a vessel You work through. I want to be more like You.